0: and Hatch to the stage. He's going to be bringing the word for us this morning. Awesome. Bless you, Jaden. Cool. Thanks, Pete. All right, we'll get set up. First message of 2019. No pressure. No pressure. I'll put my notes up the right way. It'll make it a bit easier to read. Awesome. Well, I'm going to get right into it. So this morning, I've titled my message, What is in Your Hand? And I'm going to start with reading a passage of Scripture from Exodus. This is God talking to Moses. Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, What is in your hand? A staff, he replied. Then the Lord said, Throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground. It became a snake and he ran from it. What is in your hand for 2019? What are you holding on to that you possibly haven't used yet? What has God put in your hand? I chose to speak on this this morning. Um, because it's something that I'm very passionate about. It's one of the main reasons I got involved in youth ministry, and because this is my story. And I was brought up in a Christian family, um, born in Blenheim, and was um, brought up in the Eastern Christian Center, Blenheim, and then my parents started pastoring there when I was 10, and I still pastoring there to this day. Um, I started learning drums, when I was 10, joined the worship team at the age of 11, and I've been, I was thinking back, I've been in a worship team ever since. Um, so that's 15 years serving in a worship team now in the different places that I've been. Um, I started helping with Power Zone when I was 13. I started running an intermediate program called Empire when I was 14 and did that for two years. I studied music in Auckland for two years, which is when Gaz and I met. Um, and that led us to touring around New Zealand, um, and some of Europe performing and ministering in schools, churches, um, youth prisons, retirement villages, uh, town halls, and even a red light district in Germany. I started youth ministry and worship leading when I moved to Tauranga to do an internship with Mike and Amy when they were there. Served in Tauranga for five years, and now I'm here and preaching. Hey, that's pretty cool. <laughs> now, I don't list all of that to say, look what I've done. The reason I'm talking about all this is because during majority of those seasons, I had no idea what God's plan was. I couldn't see where it was going to lead. I couldn't really see much further than that year ahead. Um, I had no idea what god 's plan was for my life and for what I was going to do, um, and i couldn 't see what was where I was going. All I could really see was what God had put in my hand, what was right in front of me. You know, when I started running that intermediate program uh, called Empire, i had never done anything like that before like i had no idea how to run a team of leaders, how to look after a bunch of Intermediate kids. I was only like two years older than the kids that I was leading. <laughs> I had. I feel so sorry for those kids and for the leaders. I had no idea what I was doing. I look back now and I'm just like, man, I was just stressing hard out. <laughs> um, but what's cool is through that experience and through that learning, um, it's led me into what I'm doing now. That was, if anything, the start to what I'm doing now. Um, and I'm still learning. Sorry to the oxygen crew. <laughs> I'm still learning. And I'm still making mistakes. But what does God put in your hand that you are yet to use? Maybe some of you don't know. Maybe some of you do know, but you're not sure what to do with it. Or maybe some of us are hesitating because we can't see what God's plan for it is. We can't see much more than the year ahead. And we're like, man, what do we do? I mean, hesitating because we're not sure. Sometimes we just need to take the first step. So that brings me into my first point this morning. Activate and cultivate. Now, when I was in primary school, I, dis- I discovered and activated a special gift in my life and it radically changed my life for like a good two weeks. It was honestly probably the closest thing I had to a superpower at the time. I figured out that I was immune to Chinese burns. Who knows what Chinese burns are? You know, when the old classic grab the forearm and twist, 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 until it just burns and you can't take it anymore. I was immune to it. I I just could, I could stand there for ages and I could just take it. And I was just like, this is amazing. It's it's been a while. I mean, if someone wants to, Yeah. (laughs) But I figured out, I was like, this doesn't hurt me. I can I can take it. And I was just like, is it just this one thing? Have I got a really high pain threshold? I don't know. But I did what any smart person would do. And I developed and grew the gift. And so I started using it for my advantage. And I'll go up to my mates and be like, those are some nice looking biscuits you've got in your lunchbox, bro. I've got a challenge for you. If I can last 30 seconds of you give me a Chinese burn, then I get your biscuits. And they're like, you won't last 30 seconds. I was like, I probably won't, but it's worth a try. The biscuits look nice. And I'll just stand there and i would last 30 seconds. And then I get their biscuits and I had like the best lunch ever. It was amazing. Honestly, like I said, radically changed my life for a good two weeks. But then people started catching on. It was short-lived. Um, but it was great. <laughs> so let's look at these words. Activate. To set in motion. To propel. To call up. And cultivate. To raise. Tend, manage, prepare, develop land for growing. One of my favorite verses is Psalms 33.3. And it says, sing him a new song, play skillfully and shout for joy. Now, when I read that, and I read those words, play skillfully, I don't just think of music. I think of whatever God has given us, whatever we love, to use it and to play it skillfully as worship for the Lord, to give it our all. See, God has planted a seed in our life, a passion. And how do you grow a seed? with time, nurture, and care. I want to look at the life of one of my favorite Bible characters, um, and that is Joseph. In Genesis, we read about Joseph and his 11 brothers, his loving, kind, understanding 11 brothers. Joseph was the favorite son of Jacob, and Jacob made that very clear by giving him a nice, bright, colorful coat um, and to honor him and just to say, you're my favorite son. And they obviously didn't sit too well with Joseph's brothers. Um, they despised him for it. And um. God spoke to Joseph in a really cool way. He spoke to him through dreams and and Joseph could interpret those dreams. and, um, And then one day he had this dream which involved him and his brothers, those same brothers that already hated him. Um, and in the dream, they were all binding sheaves of grain in the fields, and then suddenly Joseph's sheep stood up upright, and then the rest of his brother's ones all bowed together and bowed down. So he just went up to his brothers that already hated him, already despised him, and said, yeah, I had this dream, it was awesome. You guys were all bowing down to me. How cool is that? And the other side like, so obviously that didn't go down too well. To make things even worse, Joseph had another dream that interpreted it the exact same way. And what did he do? Went and told them. He's like, guys, guess what? You're not going to believe this. I had a dream. Well, you were all bowing down to me. How cool is that? So long story short, uh, his brothers faked his death and sold him. Um, yep, the right way to react, I guess. Um, <laughs> see, now I have an older brother. I have one older brother. Uh, he tried to convince me I was adopted multiple times, um, like multiple times. And the main reason was because I had brown eyes and the rest of my family have green eyes. Um, and then I had way more rhythm than the rest of the family as well. And so he's just like, it's obvious, you're adopted. Um, so every time I was naughty, every time I annoyed him, he would just be like, well, it's because you're adopted, you're not my brother. Um, so <laughs> lo- lovely guy, lovely guy. But he never tried to sell me, so I'm grateful for that. <laughs> not once, I, or not that I remember anyway, never tried, to, uh, never tried to sell me. So we're skipping forward quite a bit, and then we find Joseph, he's now in prison. It says in Genesis 30 that God had granted favor, Um, over Joseph, uh, granted Joseph favor in the eyes of the prison warden. The warden made Joseph responsible for all those held in the prison um, with him and what was done there. So the warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with him. The Lord had granted him favor. Sometime later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king ended up in prison with Joseph. While in prison, both of them had a dream. In Genesis 48, it says, we both had dreams, they said, but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. Now, in the past, Joseph's interpretations and honesty kind of led him to some bad stuff. He got sold, ended up in prison. <laughs> so I think part of him is probably thinking, Oh, here we go again. Come on, God, please be kind to me. <laughs> I'm about to do what, what you've given me, what, the gift you've given me. Please be kind. So the cup here and the baker both tell them the dreams. Joseph went to the cupbearer and said to him, in three days, the king will lift up your head and restore your position. But when all goes well with you, remember me and mention me to Pharaoh. Then he went to the baker and said, in three days, the king will lift off your head and impale your body on a pole. So slight contrast in the dreams. Um, The third day came along and Joseph's interpretations came true. What he said would happen, happened. But the cupbearer forgot to mention him to Pharaoh. It wasn't until two years later, so this is the whole two years in prison, it wasn't until two years later where Pharaoh had two dreams that, the, that then the cupbearer remembered Joseph and told Pharaoh about him. So they sent for him. Genesis 4115 16, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream and no one can interpret it, but I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph's reply was, I cannot do it, but God will give Pharaoh the answer that he desires. I love this guy. Joseph has just been sold into slavery, falsely accused, put in prison for something he didn't do. He's been in there for over two years, and yet he's still humbly used his gift and faith to serve. Romans 12:6. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If you have the gift of of prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. So prophesy in accordance with your faith, in agreement with your faith, in obedience with your faith. You see, if in faith we use our gift, things that are still will begin to shift. Genesis 41, 39 to 40. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all of this known to you, there is no one so discerning and as wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace. And all my people are to submit to your orders, only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. He's just gone from one end to the other, just by using his gift and faith. Believing. This is a long this is a long journey if you think about how long. I mean the Bible recording says sometime later, sometime later, you know, when he's in prison. I don't know how long sometime is. It could be a couple of months, it could be a couple of years. But we know he's been in there for at least at least two years. See, Joseph never lost his faith. Things definitely would have been hard and I guarantee there would have been times where he's thinking, man, what have I done to deserve this? All I'm doing is using my gift and being honest. But in faith he used what he had in his hand and things definitely began to shift. So, what do you have in your hand? My next point this morning. Embrace the opportunities. 1 Peter 4.10 Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. In various forms. It's definitely important to have discernment on what opportunities to embrace. I've got a story for you. It's one of those stories that every time you think back, you just get that little little cringe. It was definitely an opportunity I shouldn't have embraced. Um, so we had this guy when I was in Blenheim. I probably would have been about 16. And we had this guy come in um, and he came in and did a bit of an acoustic Performance, a bit of an acoustic worship night. Um, we didn't really know what what it was really about, but he just came in to share the music he had written, um, and and serve serve the church. And so it was really cool. Um, amazing guy, amazing lyrics, and, and what he brings is really cool. And there was one moment um, in the night where he kind of stopped playing, and he said out to the congregation, "Do we have anyone here that is an interpretive dancer?" Um, so he sat there for a bit, and no one put their hand up. Um, and I'm sitting there with one of my best mates. He was one of my groomsmen, and um, and he still hates me for this moment um, to this day. And we're sitting there, and the guy's like, and this guy, I won't mention names, because what he did was amazing, um, but this moment wasn't that amazing. <laughs> and he said, come on, is there anyone there that just feels led um, by the Spirit to move and to dance? Um, and no one put their hand up. And me being the pastor's kid, I was like, come on, I want this church to thrive. I want great moments in the church. So I, was like, I put my hand up, I was like, I've never done it before, but I'll give it a go. Um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> thankfully, the video quality of the phones back then weren't that good. Um, and then I looked at my mate, and he's just like, no, 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 no. Like, he's looking at me like, don't do this. I was like, we'll give it a go. And he's like, okay, and everyone so I was like, well, we are going to get up now. So we got up, and so he's standing up on the stage, and we're standing like one there, one there on the ground. We turn around, we're facing the whole church, and he starts playing the slowest, softest. It was quiet song, beautiful song, but man, my heart just dropped. And then I thought to myself, what am I doing? And I was like, okay, interpretive dance, flowing movements of dance that people can interpret. So i was like, okay, I'm looking at my mate, and he is anything but a dancer. So he's looking at me thinking, oh, I'm just going to do what you're doing. So I thought, well, I'm going to embrace the opportunity. And I stood there, and I was like, "Create images." So I kind of moved my arms a bit, ended up going into like a tree in the wind, um, and then swung my arms around, and then for like a baby in the womb type thing. Um, and then I, and I was like, "What else do I do? What's like spiritual?" So I swung my arms around, and I think I kind of came together, and made like a cross. I was like, um, "I'm not joking. Like, I can't make this up. I lived this. I did this, and I..." To this day, fully regret it. My mate is over here looking at me, trying to copy what I'm doing. My mum's in the front row looking at me thinking, what are you doing? She felt both completely confused and sorry for me at the same time. She was probably as red as I was. All my mates are a few rows back with their little phones out, cracking up laughing. And the soft, quiet song, the song finished. I think I end up just going, closing my eyes and just worshipping. Because I was like, if I can't see them, they can't see me. Um... (laughs) <laughs> and then I think we went down And we sat down And to this day Even talking about it I still shiver And I still cringe It was obviously an opportunity I shouldn't have embraced But I tell you what In my life There are so many opportunities And I'm so glad I embraced I mentioned earlier That we had the opportunity To um to do worship And perform in a red light district mm, I don't think i will get emotional about this um, We While in Europe, we got the opportunity to go into a red light district. It wasn't just a street with a few pubs and, and, and like clubs on there. It was, it was real. It was um, sad, a bit scary, very rough. Um, we were surrounded by people that were lost, trapped in a life of brokenness and pain. We went in there very vulnerable and fully relying on God to protect us and to use us. We went in there in faith that God would shift something. It was one of the most daunting yet amazing moments of my life. I don't know to this day if it had much effect. We were having conversations with drug dealers, prostitutes. We were in a courtyard surrounded by multi-story apartment buildings and people were looking out their windows looking at us and we just, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk to them, but we were praying over them. And to this day, I don't know if it, how much of an effect it had but I know that in that moment God was doing something and it was just the moment where we just walked in there with nothing apart from what we had in our hand and we just had to do that and it got to a point where we just had to step past that zone of I don't want to leave this and just worship like we haven't worshipped before with a couple of acoustic guitars and a box drum in this red light district and, and people just surrounding and watching and some screwing their faces up, others sitting there for the whole time and just embracing it then near the end of our time in Germany, I got a, an email from Mike about doing an internship in Tauranga. I'd only met Mike once. I knew no one in Tauranga. I'd only been there for a week, which was the week we went through with the tour team, which is when I met Mike. I didn't know a lot about what the internship was about, apart from that it involved youth ministry and music. At first, it was an opportunity I wasn't sure about because I couldn't see much further than the one year ahead. So I went into it, I kind of went into a prayer, talked to a few people and, and made the decision, you know what, I'm going to do this. I went into the year thinking that it'll be a year that would develop my gifts, my gifts and grow. So I embraced it and embraced all the opportunities that came with it. And while doing the internship, Mike comes up to me and says, have you ever worshiped Lead before? I was like, nope. And he goes, cool. You're doing it on this Sunday in three months time. I was like, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to sniff into the microphone. Um, <laughs> That was extremely daunting for me. I'd only ever drummed in the music team. I think I played bass a couple of times. Occasionally, they tried putting a mic next to me on the drum kit. I didn't like it, but I sung anyway. But I was used to sitting at the back of the stage behind the drum kit, and then Mike tells me in three months' time, you're going to be worshiping for the first time. And then that Sunday ended up being the first Sunday in our new building that we moved into as well, and I was nervous. I was scared. I thought, what if I stuff this up? People come into church to, to worship to encounter God, and if, I'm, if I muck this up, I've ruined that for them. So I was sitting there, I was just like, Lord, I want to do this, this is cool, but I'm scared. Um, so I changed my thinking, I looked at it as an opportunity to grow, to learn, and to worship in a new way. See, failure is simply just the opportunity to begin again, but this time with more intelligence and more experience. When Moses asked Oh, when God asked Moses to lead Israel out of bondage and slavery, I bet he was just kind of like, whoa, 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 hold up. <laughs> you want me to lead out Israel out of out of what they've been in? And he's just like, man, what if they don't listen to me? What if they don't believe me? What if I'm not strong enough? But God shifted Moses' attention away from the anxiety about the future and suggested he notice what was right in front of him, what was in his hand. When Moses let go of his own worries, his own thoughts, and allow God to use what he had in his hand, he did some pretty crazy things. The dude parted a whole ocean. (laughs) And then I was thinking about it. Not only did he part the ocean, like that would have been crazy, like, you know, part the ocean. Oh, look at that. Then he had to walk through it, hoping that it would stay parted. (laughs) (laughs) It's one thing to do it, but then to walk through the entire thing, thinking, man, I hope this doesn't come down on us. If in faith we use our gift, things that are still will begin to shift. Encourage you guys to embrace the opportunities to grow, to be tested, to learn, to have fun. Embrace the opportunities that that allows God to move in your life like he never has before. So what is in your hand at the start of 2019? And what are you going to do with it? Is there something in your life that is waiting to be activated, developed and grown? Before I finish this morning, I think there might be some people here that are thinking to themselves, man, I've got something. I've got something I want to use. I've got something that needs to be activated, needs to be grown, but I don't know God. Or maybe some of you here feel like things have been still for a while, maybe because you drift away from God, but you realize and acknowledge that you have been sitting still for too long, that what you have in your hand hasn't been used for so long, and it's time to come back and time to use that time for things to shift. You know, we serve a God that loves us, that wants the best for us, a God that has so much for us to unlock and to experience. We don't even know the smallest part of it. There'll be many times where we can't see the outcome or the plan, but if we embrace every opportunity that God gives us and serve in faith, then walls will come down, doors will open, and you will see huge breakthrough. What is in your hand as you enter in 2019, big or small? What is right in front of you that hasn't been used yet, but you know you can use to help others, to serve, to make a difference? I just want to pray now, and if you feel like any of that relates to you, whether you feel like you've got something but you don't know God, or maybe... You do know God, but you've been sitting still for a while and and you think it's time for things to shift. So I encourage you now to, let's all pray together. Um, but if that's you, just really pray it from the heart. God hears you, God sees you. So let's bow our heads and let's pray together. Thank you, God, for who you are. Come on, let's pray together. Thank you, God, for who you are. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son to die for me. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Lord, I give you what is in my hand. Use me and guide me. I will follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. While all heads are still bowed and eyes are still closed, if you prayed that prayer this morning, not knowing God and wanting to know him, wanting to have him in your life. Or if you prayed that prayer this morning because you're coming back to him because you've been sitting still for so long and you realize this is too much for me and and I need God. If that was you this morning, I want to give you opportunities to, to respond, to put your hand up because we would love to connect with you. We'd love to get beside you. Um, the team will be looking out. So, if that was you this morning, if you prayed that prayer from the heart, and that was you, would you like to lift your hand quickly now? We'd love to. We'd love to catch up with you after the service. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Cool. Our team have seen you, and they'll come catch up with you. If you prayed that prayer and you didn't want to put your hand up, I encourage you to fill in the connect card. On there, there'll be a space and and someone will get in touch with you. We want to help you. We want to help you get the most out of 2019. We want to help you push forward. Use what you have to make a difference. So I encourage you to do that. Awesome. Very good. Thanks so much, Jaden. You really want to encourage you with that, bro. It's awesome.